Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Did our immune systems take a whole year off? And what will that mean to the future of our health? And how can we be proactive in that? Dr. Robin Armstrong and health expert Shemaine Nugent will arm you on this one. And no other media seems to cover it, but we won't stop because the more we watch what is happening in New Hampshire and Arizona audits, the more we understand that the powers that be and the mainstream media don't want you to know. And what is the truth behind Biden's past and what is happening now in Israel? Josh Mandel is here to let you in on secrets that Joe Biden doesn't want you to know. All of this and more on this big Freedom Friday show of Dr. Gina Primetime. And we start off this Freedom Friday show with your doctor's orders. Now, many times we've asked right here on this show, who is controlling Joe Biden? Who is the real puppet master in that Oval Office these days? And today, I have a whole new theory in a roundabout way. And even by default, I think Donald Trump is doing some of the stuff going on in that Oval Office. And here's why. Swamp monster Liz Cheney is out. And this serves as a warning shot right across the bow to other swampers like Romney and Sass and the rest of them. They are sniveling in their Captain Crunch every single morning, wondering why they chose the politically inexpedient side when they were so sure they were right. They weren't. And it's game over for them. And the ousting of Cheney means McCarthy and the rest of Congress got one clear message. Donald Trump is your leader. Don't forget this time, or you may not live politically to tell about it. Iran and Hamas now exposed and on the run, and the whole world is seeing socialism, Biden and Harris, for what they really are. Naked emperors that no one ever wanted to see in broad daylight, pretending to know how to govern and failing epically, epically within only the first hundred and a few days. Terror organizations would never have behaved like this under Donald Trump, and nobody doubts that. No one is afraid of bumbling Biden or hiding Harris. Now all anyone fears is the socialism standing at our front door, breathing down our necks, threatening to take out Israel and to destroy everything that is America. Energy independence won in a blaze of glory over the green old deal that the squeamish squad and the rest of them tried to force feed America. And those chickens are home to roost too. They've been exposed. Americans know what lines mean. And by lines, I tweeted on Wednesday, gas lines today, food lines tomorrow. That tweet was not popular because it was somehow original or amazing. It was popular because it's what every single red-blooded American was already thinking. Oh, and let's not forget what's happening in the audits that the other media don't want to cover, but we've covered every single night on this show. And guess what? 
The other media isn't showing it because they don't want you to see what is being uncovered because if Arizona goes the way they think it's going to go, their whole little house of cards will crumble to the ground and Kamala and Joe will only be able to say, Joe, we did it, cackle, cackle. Only it won't be such a good thing when their house of cards is laying all over the floor. As we've taken off the face panties and begun to feed our brains that big breath of fresh air and oxygen again, we're thinking like Americans again, and thank God we are. So the ex-officio puppet master, who's really pulling the strings, even if he doesn't mean to be? Is it China or the CCP? Is it Harris? Is it Obama? Oh, hello, no. It's DJT. From Palm, from Palm Beach or from Bedminster, wherever he is, he's the one who's still the boss. Hamas is going down. Biden is promising gas prices go down by the weekend. And by the way, can someone please wake him up and tell him it's the weekend? Thank you so much. Arizona is proving that all the so-called so conspiracy theorists might have been actually right about a fraudulent election. And bumbling Biden even shuffled down the stairs to the press room to order the rebuilding of Donald Trump's wall. Holy cow, did you ever think you'd see this? So in case you think everything is so bad and that all the work of Donald Trump has been swept aside, stop and think for a minute that many of his policies are actually coming back. I actually thought those of you who said Donald Trump was still president were a little too optimistic. But in some ways, you just might have been right because it appears that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris or whoever's actually formulating policy in the White House is listening to Donald Trump. Donald Trump is certainly pulling some strings inside that White House, and this is going to be a fun, hot summer to watch. Most every night on this show, on this Doctor's Order segment, my message to you is to continue to be brave, to look at the bright side. And I close my show telling you, go boldly now and live the truth. And apparently, you have. Courage is contagious, and you keep doing it. And that's my Doctor's Orders for you tonight. All right, let's jump right into this Freedom Friday show where we are right now on the election audits. We have Heather Mullins. She has had her eyes on this audit like a pit bull every single day and everything happening there also in New Hampshire. Heather, thank you for joining us tonight. Always a pleasure, Dr. Gina. Heather, first of all, I just have to say once again how absolutely proud I am of your tenacity on this subject. Nobody's covering this like you, no one anywhere on any media at all. And if it weren't for you, I don't know how we'd know what is going on. But this is big stuff. Now, Heather, to remind everyone, this audit started when a Democrat state Senate candidate in Wyndham, New Hampshire, lost by 90-some votes and asked for a recount. But then several hundred votes were found for several GOP candidates in the process when it was originally a Democrat asking for the audit. So now an audit has been launched to figure out what the heck is going on with these machines in New Hampshire. And Heather, I saw a tweet from you about the voting machines there being tampered with. Your tweet said in part that the rear entry port seals on voting machines in New Hampshire were not affixed to the voting machines. So that's the first thing I want to ask you about. I'd like you to follow up with us on what the story ended up being there. Uh, so we still don't have the whole story there, Gina. What ended up happening was is when they first unpacked all of the ballots and all of the voting machines, right? This was on the uh, the second day. The first night they had everything, or the first day they had everything delivered here. Uh, live streams were kept up through the night. The second day we all came back.
volunteers when they unpacked the ballots, unpacked the voting machines, and they did, in their defense, show the voting machines on camera, all the seal numbers, that sort of thing, all of the boxes, the seal numbers from the boxes, they all demonstrated them all on camera for everyone to see on the live stream. But what ended up happening that second night is the live stream actually cut out for about an hour and a half. And to this moment, we still don't have an official answer as to why that happened, but there was a lot of concern. So when I showed up on day three and I came out here, uh, it was sort of like they had uh, talked about zero and rescanning in some of those ballots that had already been scanned in. And it was brought to my attention. And I had actually suggested that they show the serial numbers on the machines to make sure that they hadn't been tampered with during that hour and a half, you know, that the, the live stream cut out. Uh, so just to cover our bases. And they happily did that. They took my suggestion. And it was that, uh, at that moment that we sort of noticed that some of the seals uh, had appeared to be, you know, not properly affixed to the back of those external entry ports. Um, but I did confirm that they were like that the day before when they originally unpackaged these voting machines. Um, but there's still no, no answer as to why they're like that. And in fact, some of the access logs are missing for the chain of custody for that specific seal. Uh, so there's a lot of questions still to be answered, but what I am told by these experts is that by, as required by New Hampshire law, those ports on the back of the machine are supposed to be disabled because of the security risks they propose. So someone can actually use those ports to access the memory card in the front of the she machine without breaking the memory card seal. And so for that very reason, they're supposed to be disabled, but we haven't confirmed yet as part of this process whether or not they are disabled and when they were disabled. Could they have been disabled after the election? All of this, we're still working to iron out those details, you know. So if it weren't for you, they wouldn't have even ever asked these questions, which I think is just astonishing all by itself. Okay, so I want to get to the, the hand recount, which is beginning to progress now in New Hampshire. Um, tell us a little bit about that, Heather. Yeah, so step one was they, they took all 10,006 ballots and fed them through all four voting machines to see if they got different numbers, which the numbers were close, but, um, you know, off just a few maybe minor discrepancies. This phase of it that they're just starting right now is they have two teams of people sitting around a table that are going to be hand counting all of the ballots and registering the results on sheets of paper that list 25 ballots to a page. Those pages are then going to be entered into a database, which is viewable in real time online right now. So the transparency so far has been really good with this audit, minus the live stream dropping. Um, but if you go to my Twitter at Talk Mullins, there's two links there that I just tweeted. And that's one, the document where you can access these hand recount results as they're input into the system. The other is the live stream feed of four cameras overseeing the process. Add that we'll make sure those are put up on our Real America's Voice, Real AM Voice on Twitter also, um, so that people can access that as well, and I'll retweet that on my account as well. Heather, um, let us know also to the degree that you understand it, um, what's going on in Arizona? Yes, yeah, so to my knowledge, what recently happened was the Senate president out in Arizona had sent a letter to the Maricopa County Board of uh, Supervisors there. Uh, basically telling them that they've had three issues. The first issue is the fact that they haven't been complying with some of the subpoenas the judge ordered for certain information um, 
information with the routers that were used, information with uh, data that they're supposed to be given. Um, the other thing they haven't been giving, given is the administrative passwords to some of these tabulation devices. Uh, what I'm hearing is that the county officials are claiming they don't have those passwords, uh, which would mean that Dominion would have had them and had control over the tabulation devices in our most recent election. Uh, the second thing that they're running into issues with is the chain of custody. There's no chain of custody documents for the ballots that they've received. The ballots, I'm told, are not being uh, kept in secure bags with seals that have are tampering uh, preventative measures on them. Uh, so there's security breaches there. And then the third thing was actually complete databases are being wiped from the machines that they got. They have this primary EMS uh, election management system machine that is supposed to contain a lot of the election information. Well, that database is missing the file that they need to access. So a lot of uh, unanswered questions and the Senate president has asked the board to meet with her this coming Tuesday to try to resolve some of these issues but it's yet to be determined whether or not they're taking her up on that offer. All right. Well, Heather, we thank you so much for the update and for being on top of this, and I'm sure we'll be checking back in with you first thing on Monday. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Dr. Gina. All right. It is time for some news that you did not know. And here now to help, as always, from our, Jess uh, from our Jessica headquarters. Well, I guess you could put it like that. From our Denver headquarters, Jessica Rivera. Jessica, what do you have for us today? Well, Dr. Gina, as recently as yesterday, the world knows Bitcoin took a plunge following a tweet from Tesla CEO Elon Musk. Musk is backtracking that Tesla will accept the cryptocurrency as payment for its cars. Musk now says Bitcoin will no longer be accepted because the cryptocurrency is bad for the environment. In order to produce Bitcoin, a very high amount of electricity is needed. According to experts, Bitcoin uses more electricity than the countries of Argentina and Pakistan. And for those who don't know what mining cryptocurrency consists of, it's basically the process where high-powered computers are used to solve very complex math equations in order to validate the transactions. So Dr. Gina, because of this, Musk is pushing off accepting the cryptocurrency until it does not take so much fossil fuel to mine. Now, when that will happen is very unclear, but due to this announcement, Bitcoin has dropped. I think today it's, you know, rising slowly, but not as, uh, as fast as some would like it to. In the meantime, Musk says Tesla is looking into accepting less energy intensive cryptocurrencies. Dr. Gina. Wow, so interesting and so volatile, all of this stuff. It's fascinating to follow. And I won't even tell you where I'm invested because <laughs> I'm kind of a mess in this, Jessica. But I always appreciate your reports. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> all right, coming up. Has a year of masks and sanitizers destroyed our ability to fight off viruses like COVID? One of the smartest natural health gurus, Shemaine Nugent, yes, that Nugent, joins me next. And Dr. Robin Armstrong is here to react to the CDC and their new nanny state mask rules. All of that and next, we'll keep it fun and light, but we're going to give you some great information. You're not going to want to miss it right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. Stick around. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
Well, Joe Biden has given you your orders, subjects. Get your vaccine or wear your scarlet masks, as my colleague Jenna Ellis put it on Twitter. So now suddenly, today on a day that ends in Y, and for no other real particularly scientific or mathematical reason, masks are no longer the be-all and end-all. Imagine that. And he added that we shouldn't shun or politicize those who continue to want to wear masks. Funny, I don't remember him ever defending those of us who never wanted to wear them to begin with. But suddenly now he's come to the rescue of those who uh, want to wear them. I don't understand it all. And he didn't mention the 30% of the population with natural T-cell immunity who don't need to wear masks and never had, nor did he mention those of us who have had COVID and have the antibodies who have natural immunity. I guess it was okay to harass and cajole and even arrest those of us who knew we didn't need masks but were never trusted by our imperial government to make our own decisions. Some of us have been kicked off of airplanes, kicked out of stores. Some of us have had our businesses stolen from us because we refused to enforce a mask mandate. But it's okay to scorn the keep our mask bitter clingers. I mean, it's not okay, he says now, to, to scorn the keep our mask bitter clingers. All right, then, we've got it, Joe. Hey, at least he's shuffled down from his naps and his porridge to read the prompter while he can still read, sort of, kind of. He can still sort of read. You may have read about the dangers of using antibacterial gels. Um, they're dangerous to your gut and your immune system, and if you use them a lot, and you may have read or heard on this show the dangers of breathing your own respiratory excrement for long periods of time inside of a mask. And you may even understand that our bodies are complicated systems that God intelligently designed to work within a germy world, to be exposed to things and to resist infections and to use that very exposure to germs, almost like a muscle memory to fight the next germ from a stronger vantage point. So what has happened to us with a year of masks and sanitizers and antibacterials and social distancing and keeping our exposure to others uh, at zero? What has that done to us? More importantly, what can we do now? I'm not really going to say this, am I? To build back better? <laughs> well, here with me now to discuss health expert and nutritional guru who has been through it all herself, Shemaine Nugent. Yes, that Nugent. She is a great, great expert on this stuff and she learned it and you know, and, and here I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this right now. It irritates the daylights out of me when someone says, Well, they're not a real doctor. And I get that all the time because I have a PhD, not an MD. But they'll say, Well, you're not a doctor, why are you talking about this? You know, nobody has that problem when it's a liberal talking about it. And I would submit yeah. to you, and, and, and I was even I've even said this before when I've been asked to do things in my PhD capacity, that Shemaine, I had to unlearn most of what I learned in liberal universities to speak intelligently on the kinds of issues I was supposed to learn about in the universities. So there you have it. Shemaine, you're one of the smartest people I know on immune health. Tell me, what has a year of sanitizing every surface and wearing masks and social, social distancing done to our immune health? Well, thank you so much for having me, Gina. I'm um, so proud to be here. There's a lot of things that we can do to build our, build back our immunity. Um, three key areas, though, are mind, body, and spirit. You can go to the gym and work out and look great in a bikini or a Speedo, whichever floats your boat. But if you're not happy inside, that will affect your and depress your immune system. So you have to work on mind, 
body and spirit. You still have to go to the gym or get exercise three to five times a week. And what that means is getting outdoors, exercising, playing, moving your body, doing something different every day or as much as you can. But here's the key that I found, Gina. Find the thing that makes your heart sing and you'll do it more often. But the point is we've got to get cardiovascular exercise, strength training, and also stretching at least three times a week as well. And you also have to focus on prayer and meditation because if you have a healthy spirit-filled life, you know, I, I try to, every morning when I wake up and before I go to bed, I turn off the TV. I have a routine at night. I turn off the TV. I start the bath water. I get the Epsom salts and lavender uh, essential oils, and I shut it down. There is so right. much and I going think it's on. Important. Yeah, and I think it's important to say these routines, it, it isn't so important what they are. Because for me, it might be different than for you. Certainly for my husband, it's going to be different for me. But it's more like your own body cues. It's more like, um, you know, for me, my, my, my time like this is in the morning. I, I, I like to get up really early. I like to be alone with my Bible. And, and that to me, that is my quiet time. That is where I reflect. And, you know, for some people, the exercise they might get might be going to a gym. For you, it's dancing around a room and singing in your car sometimes and doing things like yeah. that. So it really, it really is different for each person. I, I think we need to make sure that we're not rigid in these things. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. You have to strike your muscles in different ways. You can't keep doing the same thing all the time. You've got right. to increase the intensity, the duration, or the frequency with which you work out to get to that next level. And so you don't reach a plateau. Right. And, sh and, sh and shaking it up, making it different and making it fun and keeping yourself. Yes. You know, you have to be a little yes. creative in this process. You know, sometimes it's going outside and playing like crazy with your kids or your dogs. Sometimes yes. it's just going for a kayak ride. Sometimes it's just swimming in your pool. And, and uh, it, you know, there's just so many different ways. But I think keeping it interesting and, and keeping it healthy. All right. Um, and, 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 be, and not being afraid to be exposed right. to things because it is in that um, getting out in public and being around your friends and hugging and kissing your loved ones that your body builds up your immunity. And when we haven't done that for a while, yes, I'm getting over the worst cold ever. I'm sure my audience has heard me coughing and sputtering this week. Um, and, and I even had two days off because I didn't want to cough in their ear the whole show. But um, it, it is, you are going to catch some colds and we are going to have some seasonal flus and things like that as we get back into our immunity. But each of those things is a building block to better immunity that we've taken a year off where we've kind of just shut down our immune system. And that's not overall healthy, is it? No, what they told us is to stay home. And what we actually need to do is get out, get the vitamin D. That's the best way in the morning yes. is the best time that you can soak up vitamin D. And you know what? Another thing is watch what you put in and on your body. Eat God food, not man-made food. The closer you can get to the hoof, the ground, or the soil, the better. The more you have chemicals and preservatives in your food, the more it um, breaks down your immune system. Now, Joe Biden's new CDC guidelines for the mask, he says, if you haven't had the shot, you must wear the mask. Those were his marching orders. Um, I haven't had the shot. Um, I don't wear masks. Um, and, uh, you know, unless I'm absolutely forced to, um, like to get on a plane, but now I can't even get on a plane because the planes won't have me on the plane. But anyway, that's a long story. But my point is, um, you know, I don't know, oh, I don't know everything. I don't claim to be, you know, the be all and end all of those who know everything about germs, but I know as I took a lot of biology and I love this subject and I know that when you put germs in a in a dark 
warm, moist environment, like a mask, uh, they proliferate. And I've read the studies from the flu, going back to the Spanish flu, they've been doing studies on masks, and they actually did not advise masks based on the Spanish flu studies. And then they went back on that for reasons. You can call it control. You can call it what if you're, you know, we want to call people conspiracy theories, whatever. We don't need to get into that. Point is, they went back on that. Uh, the CDC went back on it. The Surgeon General went back on it. And Fauci himself, once upon a time, said no masks and then went back on it. All you have to know is warm, moist, dark environment, it's masks not might not be good. I'd just like to it's get your take on if you think that people who have not had the shot should still be wearing masks. First, I have to say, I got sick and almost died from toxic mold exposure between the walls of my right. home. I never saw anything. I just kept getting sicker and sicker, sicker. I went to hundreds of different doctors. Nobody could help me. I had to become my own investigative sleuth. Now, while there are some guidelines that we know will work and some that we're not sure of, at the end of the day, I think we're smart people and we're able to say, you know, if we're sick, if we have a cough, don't go out. If you're not sick, get that sunshine, get, you know, go out and enjoy life. The fear that they've instilled in us is worse than the, the disease. And we all know there's That's a 99%, so over 99% uh, success from coming out of it. Sure, right. And I have yes. it and it ain't fun. I will tell you that. Yes. But I think we could have stronger immune systems because of it. Yes, and exactly. No, exactly. I, I'm not getting the shot. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I've been vaccinated, no. but I'm not getting it. I resonate, yep. though. I resonate with being vaccinated. Can I say that? <laughs> you can identify however you want because I this is this year. <laughs> I identify as vaccinated. I love it. Yes. Shemaine Nugent, best to you and your family. We're all big fans of all of you. And uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to be here with us and to uh, gain, give us a little wisdom on uh, all of your experiences and what you've learned from them. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Coming up, we have a report from on the ground in Israel tonight from Gal Kalev. And is Joe Biden partly to blame for the attacks on Israel? Josh Mandel will be here. He has some harsh words from Joe Biden over the administration's weak response to the attacks on Israel. That's next. You won't want to miss Big Freedom Friday show right here on Dr. Gina Primetime. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. We've all been watching what is happening in Israel, and I know so many of us are so upset as we picture our own children and our own lives being threatened as are many of those in bomb shelters, very literally with their children uh, holding on to them at night. We can't imagine being there. And as somebody who has traveled in and loves Israel and as someone who with a Jewish heritage myself, uh, this is something that I don't take lightly. So we wanna make sure and bring you the news right from the ground here with a report from on the ground in Jerusalem is Gal Kalev. Gal. Hi Gina, regards in Jerusalem. As you know, we've been having hundreds of missiles a day launched this week at Israel from Gaza. 
by Hamas and the Islamic Jihad terrorist organizations. Uh, this sadly has been going on for the last 15 years on and off, ever since Israel unilaterally withdrew from Gaza, hoping it will help promote peace somehow. It did not, it helped promote war. Hamas took over and has been using Gaza as a launch pad for terrorist activities against Israeli civilians ever since, through tunnels, through rockets, through missiles. Uh, they've been firing more or less continuously at the Israeli southern towns. And once every few years, they fire Tel Aviv and Jerusalem and central Israel. And this is the round that we're having right now. The Israeli military and security forces are taking decisive actions against Hamas to defend ourselves. Uh, and we also have the Iron Dome system, thanks to the support of the United States, that intercepts many of those missiles. Unfortunately, since the last round, Hamas has improved their missile capabilities with the help of Iran and other actors. So sadly, some of those missiles have fallen on homes uh, and in civilian populations in Israel and have inflicted casualties here in Israel. Um, at the same time, Hamas also enjoys indirect backwind from the way that some of the international media reports this, creating uh, some sort of a fake moral equivalence between Hamas actions of firing missiles at us and Israel's actions of defending against those missiles. Uh, also from the UN and some international organization, I think conscientious people around the world should still be shocked uh, by the decision of the International Criminal Court to investigate Israel in the last go around uh, for potential war crimes and crimes against humanities. Uh, the International Criminal Court is actually defining the Jewish state right to self-defense as potential crime against humanity. Uh, but uh, with all of that, uh, Gina, I can assure you that the morale is high here. Uh, we um, will get through this. Uh, and while we uh, mourn our losses uh, and are saddened, uh, and there's definitely anxiety, uh, at the same time, uh, there is faith uh, and there is knowledge that uh, we will persevere. Uh, we are absolutely heartened by the support we're getting from all over the world, from governments and individuals from all over the world, especially from the United States. Thank you, Gina, for your support. Uh, I am sure that many of your viewers uh, send their supports and prayers. So thank you for that. Uh, and uh, we'll get through this. And uh, I hope that then uh, all of you can come and visit us here in Jerusalem in more peaceful time. Thank you. Back to you, Gina. Mm. So noted, Gal. And I have to tell you, I think that most people can see through uh, those deceptive reports that you're talking about where they try to equate uh, the two sides. There's, there's no equating there, at least not on this program. And I can tell you that our hearts and our prayers are absolutely, we do stand with Israel on this program, I can tell you for sure. Thank you so much, Gal Kalev. To continue the discussion, joining us now is the first statewide official in Ohio to support President Trump. So that tells you a lot. He was actually married in Jerusalem. He is running for the Senate in Ohio. He uh, has big opinions on what is happening in Israel right now. He is a big fan of Israel, and I am proud to welcome him to the show, Josh Mandel. Josh, thank you so much for being with us. You were the first person I thought of when I knew I wanted to cover. I, I had read, you know what I did? I read uh, uh, some tweets by Kamala Harris. Uh, they were about Ramadan, uh, pro-Islam tweets from her and, and actually the comments Josh were bashing her for not taking up the cause right uh, of, of Palestine if you will and I could not believe my eyes I just couldn't believe the way that they were playing victim in this as they're the ones firing they're playing victim it just was mind-boggling to me and the first thing I did was I texted you and I said and I don't text people to come on my show. Producers do that. 
but in this case, I texted you directly and said, will you come on my show? I just want to give you a chance to comment to what Galkalov said about uh, the mixed messages that are being put out there by media right now as, as, it, as to who the victims are in this scenario. Thanks, Dr. Gina. And I think you and Gal had it exactly on the head that there is no moral equivalency. Uh, the state of Israel has a right to defend herself, has a right to defend her people, and that's what they're doing. Uh, Hamas is not some legitimate government or democratically elected organization. Hamas is a terrorist organization. Let's, let's just make that clear. The United States government classifies them as a terrorist group. And don't take my word for it or even the U.S. government's word for it. Just read the charter of Hamas. What they want to do is kill Christians, kill Jews, and push Israel into the sea. And listen, I have cousins over there who are, as you mentioned, little kids who have to hide in bomb shelters because the you know, Hamas terrorists, who are animals, are shooting at innocent civilians, trying to kill innocent Christians and Jews. And listen, when you look at the Middle East, there's only one country that looks like America, and it's the state of Israel. And I'm, I, I just, I look at all the Christians throughout the United States that support Israel, and they believe in their heart of hearts uh, what it says in uh, Genesis 12:3 that you know when, when God told Abraham, those who bless Israel, bless your people, will be blessed. And those who curse Israel will be cursed. And it's so beautiful to see evangelical Christians and others throughout the United States of America who get that in their bones, in their gut, and who are following through on it, and who are supporting Israel in uh, Israel's right to defend herself. And I want to back that up with something that I think is really important. When I was in Israel, I went into a hospital that was right on the border. And um, that hospital is fully funded and fully staffed by Israel. And um, and it is right there in the in the line of fire, and they bring people over from the other side and take care of them. They actually go into harm's way. The Israeli soldiers go into harm's way, get the people off the battlefield that have been firing at them, by the way, and and bring them into the hospital and take care of them at their own expense. And by the way, this hospital has been bombed many times, right? by the people on the other side that they're taking care of and they're still catching hostile fire and the whole bottom of this hospital by the way is also a bomb shelter knowing that any time uh, it can all go down and uh, as as we're seeing right now and so when i saw that it, it really put into perspective it's something you have to see with your own eyes but it really put into perspective for me the humanitarian efforts right that the israeli people are putting forth and you just don't see that on the other side you just don't see that there's a reason why every israeli neighborhood is, is surrounded by security right there's a reason why they need that security and the arab neighborhoods don't need that security things like that really clue you in when you're there on the ground and you see it with your own eyes josh i don't think anyone expected absolute and immediate peace across the middle east after president trump achieved these historic peace deals, but, 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 it was clear that President Trump had Israel's back and people knew not to mess with him. They knew he was tough. He was, he was not predictable in what he would do, except that he would be tough if you messed with Israel. Everyone knew that. And now Biden steps in and signals to the entire world that our support for Israel is revoked and then Israel comes under attack. This is not a coincidence. Correct, you hit it on the head. When President Trump was president, he made it very clear that there was no daylight between the United States and Israel. President Trump was the best friend the state of Israel ever had. 
you know, Ambassador Friedman and Jared Kushner and others who put together the Abraham Accords. I mean, that is historic. Any Democrat who would have done that, they'd be on the front of every newspaper and getting all the Nobel Prizes and this and that. But because it was President Trump, the uh, Deadwood media and the lamestream media and the you know, Silicon Valley tech thugs, they don't want to give President Trump the credit. But let me tell you something, Dr. Gina, history will smile upon President Trump because he was the best, best president ever for the United States of America and also uh, the best friend the Jewish state of Israel ever had. And you're right, it's, it's no coincidence, once he leaves office, Israel's getting attacked because Biden has done just what you said. He's signaled to the rest of the world that he won't have Israel's back. Josh, I hear many America-loving patriots out there who don't understand the U.S. support for Israel. It's not, it's not that they don't support Israel. It's just that they want the U.S. to focus on our security and our well-being, and they put Israel in the same file in their minds as maybe in Afghanistan or in Iraq, and they, they don't want us worried about foreign entanglements, right? But support for Israel is different, and I'd, I'd like to, for them to hear it from you. Why Israel is such an important ally for the U.S., what it means to our national security and our sovereignty as a country. Sure. Well, I come from the perspective uh, of a grandson of Holocaust survivors, and one of my grandfathers, who was in Auschwitz and other camps, he was liberated by American troops. And my grandmother, who was an Italian Jew, she was saved and hidden by very courageous Christians during World War II. So. Were it not for incredibly courageous Christians saving my grandmother, and were it not for brave men and women in places like Omaha Beach and Normandy and Iwo Jima, I wouldn't be here right now. Uh, and so because of those two powerful forces, very courageous Christians and a network of Christian families, and also the United States military, I decided to join the Marine Corps. I decided that I wanted to serve my country. I raised my right hand to defend the Constitution. and. I am a proud, proud American and proud, proud Marine Corps vet. As a proud American, as a proud Marine Corps vet, uh, I look at the Middle East as a neighborhood where we really only have one true friend. And that one true friend, consistent friend, consistent ally is the state of Israel. And unfortunately, the terrorist cells that have tried to have tried to infiltrate America, they are initiated in these jihadi countries in the Middle East. And so I'm not for military adventurism. I'm not for putting American troops and boots on the ground there. Um, but I do think a very strong Israel is good for a safe and secure America. And the more that the state of Israel can be a strong and powerful force in the Middle East to combat against radical Islamists in places like Tehran and also jihadi forces throughout the Middle East, that's good for America uh, because we don't want those terrorist cells popping up all over places like Cleveland, Ohio and Toledo, Ohio and Columbus, Ohio. And I'll tell you what, Dr. Gina, it's happened. I've talked with yeah. friends of mine who work in counterterrorism and like some of the mosques here in Ohio and in places like Dearborn, Michigan and in Minneapolis, like it's happening. And so, you know, we as freedom loving Americans, as Christians and Jews throughout the United States, and we should be thankful that Israel is strong, that Israel can defend herself, and that we have this incredible friend and ally in the Middle East. <clears throat> and I know that the Jewish state of Israel is so grateful for all the evangelical Christians throughout the United States 
that support the U.S.-Israel relationship. And, you know, you mentioned visiting the, the hospital when you were in Israel. One of the beautiful things that happens in Israel is you have all these evangelical Christians from the United States who go to Israel to work in wineries and work in hospitals and work in all these different veterans' homes and volunteer there. Um, because they understand the the biblical connection, you know, and and, and they really embrace it and and want to pay it back and pay it forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very cool. And, and as many people know, I found out my ancestry is actually Jewish too, Italian Jewish, by the way, uh, which I don't know if you yeah, and I had a chance to discuss when you were here, but as we had that in common, which is wonderful. Josh Mandel, thank you so much. We appreciate you being with us. And I know you took time out of a very special event to be with us today, and it means a lot. Thank you. Of course, I'm at a clay shoot in Medina, Ohio, and I, I wouldn't have missed this, though, because like, I am a huge fan of yours, Dr. Gina, and I appreciate everything you've done to advance the Trump America First agenda, but also just advance the cause of patriotism and our being proud to be Americans. And I just I feel like our kids need to hear that because the, the left's trying to indoc indoctrinate them and make them ashamed to be Americans. And we need voices like yours out there who are at the pointy tip of the spear making our kids proud to be Americans. Oh, thank you so much, Josh. Have a great event. Tell everyone there we said hello, and thank you again for taking time out. Thanks. And we want to wish him also good luck in his U.S. Senate race there in Ohio. And you'll want to check out that race because that is going to be an exciting one. Coming up, it is our Freedom Friday crew. Bruce Lavelle and Jesse Jane Duff will join us, and they have a message for the handful of never-Trumpers like Liz Cheney out there who are still marching around in the GOP thinking they've got something. That's next, right here on Dr. Gene Primetime. Stay with us. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to Amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's Amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And welcome back to Dr. Gina Primetime. So glad you're with us. Happy Freedom Friday. Never Trumpers, you beware. Liz Cheney got the boot from House leadership and her replacement has been elected. Congresswoman Elise Stefanik is now the number three Republican in the House of Representatives, and the warning shot has gone out that never Trumpers had better stand down or risk being booted, just like Cheney. And here with me now is our Freedom Friday bunch, Bruce Lavelle and Jesse Jane Duff. It couldn't be better than this. Friends in the house, so glad to see you both. Thanks for being here. Yep, thanks. Thank Happy Friday. Jesse Jane, we're going to go to you first because I haven't seen you in so long. We we did Women for Trump <laughs> together back in the day. It feels like forever ago, and yet it seems like yesterday. And it's uh, just mm -hmm. so good to have you. But, you know, the fun part about this is this really shows that the guy in control here is still Donald Trump, right? <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know, you had 75 million voters that voted for President Trump um, in the reelection. 
And when you look at that, the GOPers that are not on board are going to get pushed out. It's really that simple. People know that Donald Trump changed the Republican Party forever. We are no longer what many people have thought that conservatism represents. We're an America first uh, group. We believe in the strong borders. We believe in strong national security. And, you know, it takes Joe Biden how long to take a mask off. We know Donald Trump would have had that done eight months ago because the fact True. is, is that we want freedom in this country and we're not going to allow anyone to take it away. And we have to have Republicans that are in office that are fighting for those values. And the Republican Party, let me be very clear, we are the party of Lincoln. We are the party that made sure that all Americans had the right to freedom. Let us not forget our roots, flaws and all. We've got people that need to get flushed out, but don't talk to me about a third party. How about fix what you got and make it better as Donald Trump has empowered all of us to do? because, you know, show me the perfect political party. I really want to see that. Bruce, you know the mm -hmm. interesting thing I said in my doctor's orders today, it's so funny how so many of the Trump policies are kind of circling back with old Saki there. Bruce, you know, they, they're going to build the wall now. They're taking the mask yep. off. You know, they're, they're kind of adopting some of his principles. And it's kind of funny to see that basically what Trump did, they're having to admit it actually works and their policies don't. Yeah. Well, you know, listen, business guy like myself, it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's sad that that right out the gate, you know, President Biden and their administration was so quick to just unravel all the great things that the Trump administration accomplished. And it seemed like it was just personal. And it was on the backs of the great American people, Gina, which is really so disheartening about all this. You know, you, you go ahead and you kill the Keystone Pipeline, 11,000 plus jobs just went out the door. John Kerry yep. says a quote, well, you know, they can go find a job. Are you serious? But watch this, a third of that workforce were minorities, minority contractors, oh my God. Then you go down there and meddle with the wall. You stop the wall of construction. You had all those procurement contracts that went in for these small vendors and large and medium vendors. Once again, minority co concrete welders, concrete people who you just stopped. And now you got into this big fat litigation fire about not fulfilling that contractual agreement. Not to mention that was a great initiative to help combat, you know, all the coyotes. And so I'm from Texas. I know Texas very well. And I know I have still friends there. That wall was starting to really make a major improvement on combating things that were coming across the border, drugs, all types of things, not to mention the sex trafficking. Oh, my gosh. So, listen, the list goes on and on. But, you know, I, it, it's almost like in the, in the first 100 days, it's like, okay, how can I just unravel and destroy things? And it's so sad. Yeah. And I hope the American people pay attention to this. But it was childlike, Jesse Jane. It was... It was not the way a mature, thoughtful hmm, no. person presides. It's not the way things would be done in the military. It's not the way things would be done in a college setting. It was junior high. Yeah, it was very um, abrupt, JP. and it more or less was just trying to put a slap on everybody who voted for President Trump to, to go as far as having a Secretary of Defense that says he's going to root out all extremism in the military, and now giving all the American people this impression that 22.5 million veterans in this country are all extremists. Now, let's talk about what kind of extremists we're referring to. This all came up after the hearings of uh, Secretary Lloyd Austin when he was getting confirmation to become the 
the Secretary of Defense, and it was after the January 6th incident over there at the Capitol. So we know what okay. they're talking about. They've talked about religious beliefs, extreme religious beliefs, extreme views. They're not saying yeah. Republicans, but they might as well say Trump supporters. It's, it's, and when I take a yeah. step, I'm, well, let me just finish this one thought. The American yeah. public is being misled to believe that white extremists are permeating all of the American military, and it's factually false. It's as if they'd like to outlaw basically half of the country. All right, we've got to go yeah. now to our meme of the day because it's such a fun segment. I want to get to it with you guys. And so here we go. Now, we all remember the day that Kamala Harris called Joe and said, we did it, Joe, with her cackle. This meme shows Kamala Harris at the gas pump saying, we did it, Joe. And that's pretty much the way things are. What do you think, Bruce? They did it. They've messed up. And gas prices are up. And there are a whole lot of other problems, too. Right, Bruce? Hey, they're surging. This shows a picture right here. Yes, they did it all right. We went, what, from a buck seventy-five a gallon almost to $4. And you saw the hacking going on with the, with the pipeline which they did hack our election. So yeah, they did it all right, Dr. G. That's exactly what they did. They cost the American taxpayers more, triple the money. And watch what happens at the end of August. We'll probably be at four, $4, $4.50 a gallon. Watch. You watch, you watch. All right, thank you so much to Bruce Lavelle and Jesse Jane Duff for joining me. And thanks to all of you here at your new home for Real News, Real America's Voice, RAV-TV. Don't forget, live from Studio 6B, up next with Damon and the crew. And hug your children, love your God. You go boldly now. Have a great weekend. Live the truth, everybody.